Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Saturday, November the 13th, and I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by my favorite NBA partner here on the weekends. We get to go after this every Saturday morning. It's Mr. Josh Crash Davis. How are you this wonderful weekend, Josh? Doing well, doing well. Ready to dive into this NBA slate. We got six good games here to, to look over, so going to be a good good uh, podcast. Absolutely. I actually have seven games listed. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had six, so I don't know what I'm missing. Because it's lucky seven weekend. There's seven games today and seven games tomorrow. So uh, we have the re- – it's a six-game main slate. Josh, so that's, that's what, what you're it is. referring yeah. to. Yeah, there's one early game, but I thought if it was okay with you, we can bust through it real quick. It's Miami and Utah. That's a 5 p.m. game, and then the main slate, six game. Same exact thing tomorrow, seven games yeah. with one early game. It's weird, but uh, same thing both days. Yeah, we can, we can go ahead and dive into that game. Um, I believe they played earlier this week, did they not? They did, and and you know, I found a lot of our members like to play that single slate game early on. I'm not a big single slate guy, but mm-hmm. for me, the more games, the merrier. And, and last night was certainly proof of that. Was really happy to be able to provide a FanDuel hybrid to our members. Uh, that was a top one percent. Uh, had a nice thousand dollar winner, finishing third uh, in that big sixty five dollar three entry max tournament. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, still, you know, six games on a main slate's cool. That's no problem. I know that's most people's main, uh, you know, main spot that they love to be at, but heck I'll take those 11 and 13 game slates all day yeah. long. Yep. So today is going to be a good one. We're going to get through these games and we'll go through this uh, first one quickly. And we're going to build a two brains are better than one. FanDuel GPP. So stick with us through the end. And, and uh, for all the listeners out there, we're going to try to go back to back with last night and win tonight on FanDuel as well. And hopefully everybody gets a piece of that pie. There mm-hmm. is plenty to go around. All right, my friend, we're diving in. No intro stuff. We'll catch something in the middle, but we got to get through these games. I know people have busy Saturdays with family. And uh, so let's attack it. So we know we have this early solo game. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Miami Heat at the Utah Jazz. Utah is favored by seven and a half. It's a 213 and a half over under. Implied total for Miami, 103. For Utah, 110 and a half. As far as any injuries in this game, the big news, of course, the most important news, Jimmy Butler, questionable, which Mm -hmm. shuffles the entire deck. And then we have Morris still out uh, from a severed spine via the the Joker, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, Oladipo remains out. For Utah, just Rudy Gay uh, is out. Miami's coming in at seven and five, Utah at eight and four. So this should be a really fun game to watch, the early game for sure. We'll be watching that. I don't know if you had a chance to play any PGA this weekend with us, but man, we're we're up there in the top half a percent right now. Mm. I got the weekend golf in, but I didn't get the main one in. So hopefully the weekend does well too. 
Yeah, they're both looking solid. I, I know our, our full tournament one is going to be on today, so hope we catch some of that as well. But in this Miami-Utah game, from, from a statistical standpoint, you've got both teams on an island game, so no, mm -hmm. no double uh, first or second night of a back-to-back, -back, so that helps. From a pace, <clears throat> pace standpoint, not that great. Miami 25th, Utah 17th. Offensive efficiency, uh, Miami fourth. So even though their pace is slow, just like Spolstra team, Spolstra's teams do, is they play efficient basketball. They find the open man, get the open shot, the extra pass. Uh, and U Utah's the same way. Yeah. Uh, Snyder, who I think, I think Spolstra and Snyder are two of the top four coaches in the league, I'll say. Maybe three. But mm -hmm. uh you know, that's a sure sign. If you want to watch the, the good, the really well-coached teams, if their team is, you know, not huge injuries and all of that stuff, take a look at that. You know, they generally control the pace. So this is a perfect example of that in 25 and 17. But they're super efficient, fourth and third. You see that all the time. And then the second element of that is generally those top teams uh, that are really well coached or top 10 in defensive efficiency. And mm -hmm. you've got that exact thing here, Miami seven and uh, Utah six. So trust me, coaching, not just because I go by the coach and I'm a coach guy, but coaching is a huge thing in the NBA. People that yeah. say, you know, the best teams are the just the guys with the best players. No way, man. You, you have to have good coaching, and there's a bunch of it in this game. So mm -hmm. I'll throw it over to you. Anybody jump out at you uh, in this early solo uh, game at five? Well, you mentioned that Jimmy Butler uh, news. If he's out, um, obviously Tyler Hero comes to mind. Um, I think that Tyler Hero, uh, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, those guys. Uh, I think Bam Adebayo had a pretty good game uh, earlier this week against Utah. And um, from what I remember, I'm doing this all off of memory here since I don't have any notes from this game. But um, from what I remember, Miami or um, Utah has been been towards the bottom of the rankings against power forwards, which I consider Bam to be more of a power forward than a true center. So I think Bam and, and the other three that I mentioned would be my guys for Miami. Um, and then on the Utah side, obviously Donovan Mitchell um, is always a good play. And... Um, I'm trying to think of who else I would play from them. Maybe, maybe Conley. Who do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, being that it's a solo game, it's, it's tough. It wouldn't be a game I'd focus on if it was part of a big slate, but I agree with you. Bam had good success with them uh, this past week. I think he's a good play. The key factor is if Butler plays or not, because, mm -hmm. it you know, and so it's, we're touching on the game, but it's not going to do a lot of good till we get that news. Cause if Butler plays, I think he's playable. I yeah. really I like him in this spot a lot. Um, and also, if he plays, I, it downgrades Mitchell for me because I think he'll guard Mitchell. Mm -hmm. But if, if Butler sits, then Donovan Mitchell becomes my top play in that game. So, you know, if Butler's in, it's him. If he's out, it's Mitchell. I agree with you on Bam. I think you can take a, a gander at uh, Conley and uh, – you know, after that, though, maybe Tyler Hero coming off the bench. Uh, yeah. Would be the next go-to guy. 
Yeah, I was thinking that you could just, you know, kind of load up on the Miami guys to make up for Butler if he's out and then, you know, use Donovan Mitchell around them. So perfect. All right. Six game NBA main slate. This is where all our chips are going to be in the middle of the table. First game, 7 p.m. Eastern, Philadelphia 76ers, Indiana Pacers. Indiana favored by two and a half. It's a 217 and a half uh, total. 107.5 implied for Philly, 110 uh, for Indiana. As far as um, the records coming into this game, Philly 8 and 5, even with all these guys. Harris had sat out forever. Now it's Embiid and uh, no Simmons. It's been a, a, a real mess there, but they're still 8 and 5. So Doc's mm-hmm. doing an excellent job. Uh, Indiana Pacers are 5 and 8 trying to pull it together. They've lost a lot of really close games. Injury news here, uh, massive. you got five guys out for Philly. Embiid, Joe, Riller, Simmons, and Thibel. So thin bench for Philly. On the Indiana side, uh, you've got uh, probable in Jackson, questionable in Levert, which is massively important. Mm-hmm. And then T.J. Warren, we know, has been out for quite some time. So as we look at the statistical breakout here, we've got both teams on an island game in this one as well. And this is, uh, you know, there's only three games like that on the slate, which always, you know, helps from a DFS standpoint because they're not trying to utilize uh, a bunch of bench. Uh, Interesting, though, from the pace standpoint, Philadelphia is now last in the league in pace. Mm. And again, it's a lot of half court. Of course, trying to work the ball to Embiid. Uh, and then, you know, they just had to change their style a bit with all of the guys out injured and COVID and holdouts and mental illness. And God bless the rest of them, man. They, they've got so many headaches with that team. I don't know how they're winning. But uh, slow pace for them, 18th for Indiana. So this game isn't going to fire. But here's, here's the most amazing thing, though. You, you know, I was talking about controlling pace and being efficient. Do you know Philadelphia has the number one most efficient offense in the entire league? Wow. So, yeah. So they slow it down, set it up, but they're getting fantastic shots. Even mm-hmm. the guys that have filled in like Maxi and all these guys, um, they've been extremely efficient. Indiana, on the other hand, 15th right in the middle of the pack. Um, but here's the shocker in this game. You would expect Philly, who was in the top five, most of last year, but again, that's because they had Simmons in there right. all the time and beat. They're 23rd in defensive efficiency. Mm. And Indiana, who, you know, they were expecting to be a strong defensive team with new coach Carlisle, they're 20th. Mm. So you've got a dichotomy here. You've got slow-paced teams, but really not doing well defensively, and both, especially Philly, being efficient on the offensive side. So yeah. it's a it's a pretty good mixture. I think, you know, there could be some great plays out of this game and it could be a pass game. It is, I think it's a pivotal game though. What do you like? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because I feel like I've been waiting for Maxi to just kind of plateau and it seems like he's just getting better. I mean, his last two games, two of his best games of the season, 51 and 49 fantasy points. So it's yeah. just like his price keeps going up, but his production is going up too. So 8,100 on FanDuel. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get to that or not, but 7,200 on DraftKings. That's not bad at all for a guy putting up, you know, 40 plus fantasy points a night, basically. Um, 
Cork Moss has been really solid. Um, 5,500 on FanDuel, 4,900 on DraftKings. So I do like him. I do think I'm going to fade Andre Drummond today. Um, the Pacers have been good against centers. You know, Miles Turner is a good defender. Um, and that $9,000 price tag, I just don't want to go there. And uh, on the Indiana side, I'm looking at TJ McConnell. Um, you know, he's he's produced at a point number uh, production point similar to what Malcolm Brogdon has produced. But on DraftKings, he's $3,000 less than Brogdon. So I like that. And um, obviously Sabonis, I feel like we play him almost all the time when he has a decent matchup. And I feel like this is going to be a good matchup for him. Um, 8,700 on FanDuel, so he's a little pricey. 9,200 on DraftKings, even more so there. But um, I do like Sabonis. So so Sabonis, McConnell, uh, Maz, and Maxi. And then if you want to go for a value play, I do like uh, Georges Niang. So. Interesting. Yeah, I, my take is a little different in this game, and, and I'm not going to try to overplay this game. But I do think on, on DraftKings at 7-2, Maxi has to be considered. He's getting a million minutes, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not only is he getting a million minutes, but he's he's taking advantage of those. The only concern I have and why he's not a lock for me is I really like Malcolm Brogdon defense. I, he's very underrated. He's an excellent defender. Um, so, the, you know, the jury's out there. I sort of, you know, I wish his price was a little lower. Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is is due for a, a really good game. Mm-hmm. But he's 8-6, which yep. is a – a big, you know, that's a big bite right there for a guy that's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. So, you know, the guy I'm looking at, and you're going to be very surprised, I think, at this, but I really like Tobias Harris today. Mm. And he's he's 8.9. I know that's expensive. And he's only $300 cheaper uh, than Sabonis, which you would think he would be higher. I just don't like the Indiana matchup with him. And I think that, you know, the fact that, Drummond's going to be banging bodies with Turner and Sabonis inside. And Harris is going to probably try to be guarded by Sabonis. They'll try to bring in some different guys like uh, Justin Holiday and and uh, and people off their bench. Torrey Craig will come in and play him. But I just like the spot for him. I think he's ramped up his minutes now. And, I, and he's my number one target in this game uh, yeah. from the Philadelphia side. That makes um, sense. Yeah, and, and on the Indiana side, really, it, it comes down to I need to know what Lavert's status is. If Lavert uh, is out, then, uh, you know, I have a little bit more interest in the Duarte's, McConnell's, you know, the bargain guys. Mm-hmm. But if Lavert plays, uh, I just think that usage with Indiana, we're sort of to that point now with them, you know, like we are some of the other teams like Chicago that has four good players because on any given night, Brogdon, Lavert, Sabonis, and yes, Turner, because he's doing it consistently now. They all can have, you know, eight, nine X games. So yeah. it makes it the pickings a little bit tougher when all four of them are in the lineup. Yeah. All right, my friend, let's go on to the next one. It is another seven o'clock game. It's the Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans. Memphis favored by 21 and a half over under. 112.25 implied for Memphis, 109.25 for the Pelicans. Now, in this game, we've got six and six Memphis. They're scrambling along. And then the, the weary one and 12 Pelicans. So mm. um, both teams are coming off uh, a 
uh, game last night. So they're both on a back-to-back. Bells are not good. That's all I'm going to say. They are bad. I watched a lot of that game last night. Uh, And without Brandon Ingram in there, you know, it's rough. So injuries in this game, we we may finally get Dylan Brooks back. They actually Mm -hmm. have him listed as probable. So he hasn't played a game yet, or maybe he came in for a few minutes, but this may be uh, his first game out. I'm not going to go there, obviously, because, you know, you know they're going to probably ramp him up. But mm-hmm. anyway, until he is out, Ingram, we know, is still questionable. So the most important news. And my man Zion is still down and out. Um, as far as statistically here, Memphis is 10th in pace, Pelican 16th. So combined middle of the road. But neither team has been efficient offensively. John Moran has been phenomenal for Memphis, Mm -hmm. but they're 22nd in offensive efficiency. The Pelicans are only 26th. They're down towards the bottom in everything. But here's the the, uh, ding, ding, ding winner. The fact that it's a 221.5 over-under, and guess what? 29th and 30th, last and second to last in defensive efficiency in the entire league. And that's a big blow for Memphis because they were a top 14, 12. Then they moved up into the top 10 last year in defensive efficiency. Jenkins likes to coach defense. The mm-hmm. problem is if you think one guy doesn't make a difference in the NBA, yeah. then you're, you're crazy. Dylan Brooks is the heart and soul of that defense. Period. Yeah. He guards the best player from the other team. He shuts down the perimeter, which allows guys like Jackson and Adams and uh, Clark to to uh, roam the middle, but with him out, they've just been lost defensively, and that's mm-hmm. why they're only 500 because they're getting a superstar performance by Jaw, but they're not stopping the other team. So if Brooks is truly back, that changes the whole dynamic defensively uh, in this game. Um, so I mean, what do you think? Is this game a, a target for you with those poor defenses? You know, it all, it all depends on if Dylan Brooks plays. If he does, um, I'm probably just going to be looking at John Morant on the uh, Memphis side and Jonas Valanciunas on the New Orleans side, and that's going to be it for me. Um, I think that there's just, you know, with with Brooks, you know, if Ingram plays, he can probably guard him. If he doesn't play, he'll probably guard Nikhil Alexander-Walker or maybe Devontae Graham. He's going to take one of those guys out of the, you know, the, the mix for me. So I'm, I'm really just looking at John Morant and, and Jonas Valanciunas in this game. Okay. Uh, Jaw at the 10-2 price on DraftKings, I'm definitely interested in going there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's possibly my pay-up guy because, I mean, there's – I've watched the Pels. I mean, they just don't defend. Um, I think Jaw's in play as a key player here uh, as in uh, on this slate. Um, whether Brooks plays or not, I still think, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to be the go-to yeah. guy. Um, really don't like the bigs the way they've been playing for the Grizz. If you really need to go cheap, you can get a Desmond Bain at 4-9 that, that can make his number, but, you know, not consistently, maybe GPP-ish. Um, if Brooks doesn't play for some reason, Melton's still super cheap and gets good minutes. Mm-hmm. But if Brooks is back, and he's going to at least get maybe 25 minutes. 
I think it knocks guys like Milton Bean, Kyle yeah. Anderson. It just knocks them right out. Yeah. Um, I don't. I never trust Josh uh, Jaron Jackson because of the the foul trouble. Six two is not a bad price for him. Mm-hmm. Adams gets played off the floor a lot, but he is going against Joe Val. So if you're ever going to take a flyer on Adams at four six, I guess you know they're going to have to have him on the floor some with Joe Val. But I would only go there in GPPs. Mm-hmm. On, on the, the Pelican side, um, if Brooks doesn't play, then I like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I think he'd definitely be the guy he'd guard. So if Brooks is in, that would scratch him for me. Uh, Devontae Graham is a little too pricey now at 6'4". It's drifted up. The guy that's been getting good minutes and making use of them is super cheap 3.5 Garrett Temple. That's a guy that mm-hmm. I would consider. That's one of Andrew's guys. He likes yeah. to those type of dudes to plug in, but at three, five, he's very doable. And then Josh Hart again, you know, five, five, he broke my heart the other day when we were about to take it down and got thrown out, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm forgiving him more and more. And with the big minutes, uh, you know, I think that he, he can get uh, to his number after that, the bench just too, too tough to try to figure out who's going to do well. So yeah. I'll pass the rest of the way there. All right, sir, we have one last 7 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Washington Wizards at the Orlando Magic. Washington is favored by four, a scant 204 total in this one. We have mm-hmm. listen to these next three games. I, this is like, you know, 20 years ago in the NBA. I haven't seen these kind of over-unders. You've got the Wizards Magic are 204, Pistons Raptors are 202, and Boston Cleveland's 203 and a half. I mean, wow. you I haven't heard those in years. You talk mm-hmm. about a rule change changing the the face of the game. I yeah. mean, not protecting all these offensive superstars anymore. Uh I love it, man. I I'll take this old school ball all day long because soon and I mention this all, like every fifth podcast cuz it's so important to me, but once they remove that breakaway foul where you can just take the foul and not let the the fast break go once they let get that back in it'll even these numbers back out and you'll Mm -hmm. see the regular over under starting next year so the league is smart they know what they're doing but it is weird looking at these 202 i mean we're to the point now we may get a 199 game Mm -hmm. and i when's the last time you've seen a game under 200 in the nba yeah the, the spread yeah, I'm kind of surprised Miami and Utah wasn't as good as they are defensively. I mean, their their defensive ratings are as good as it gets almost. So. It is, but when you're third and fourth in offensive efficiency, that, that evens it out. Yeah. But anyway, so Wizards, Magic, uh, Washington by four, 204 over under. 104 implied Washington, 100 uh, implied for the Orlando Magic. As far as injuries in this game, we've got Beal. Out, huge. Bertans, Bryant, and Hashimura still out. So Washington somehow is eight and three. Can mm. you? I mean, they're eight and three, and they've been playing injured. I yeah. Mean, listen to their starting lineup possibly tonight. It's not confirmed. Dinwiddie, Holiday, that's Aaron Holiday, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, and Gafford. Mm. I mean, eight and three. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Orlando, on the other hand, youngsters are three and nine, learning the game. Uh, MCW, Fultz, Isaac Moore, same guys out. 
uh, all the time for those two teams. As far as from the statistical side, we've got this last island game for both teams on the board. So you got two fresh teams. They, we already know the key guys that are sitting out. And so this is an interesting one. Uh, as far as pace, Washington 22, Orlando 15. Offensive efficiency, 13th for Washington, 27th for Orlando. That's to be expected with a super young team, mm -hmm. figuring out you know how to play the game at this speed. Defensive efficiency, <clears throat> it's the number one reason Washington is winning. They're fifth in the league in defensive efficiency. So go figure. Washington, it goes to show you again, I, I'm going to stay on that soapbox. Scotty Brooks, when he coached it, they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. They were last in the league in defense, and they didn't win. Mm -hmm. Now you've got a coach that's you know put in some schemes defensively. He doesn't have like super better players than he did. Right, right. And, and now that's why they're winning. Orlando, however, is 26, which is not exactly what they're planning on. But again, when you're playing huge minutes for second-year guys, Cole Anthony, Suggs, who's a rookie, uh, you know, we're getting big minutes from Wagner, who's a rookie. So it's going to take them time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and Mo Bamba, really, this is the first time in his career in year whatever, four or whatever it is, that he's actually starting and playing. Yeah. So it's pretty much like he's almost a rookie to some extent. And, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. has never been the center of any offense and mm -hmm. as far as go-to guys. So it's it's a new mix there. I think that they're going to get better and uh, they can be dangerous. So what do you like in this one? Well, obviously with Bradley Beal out, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, 6,200 on FanDuel, 6,500 on DraftKings. Um, Kuzma has really surprised me this year with how he's played. You know, I just always thought he was – kind of overrated when he was with the Lakers, but he seems to really be finding his niche with, with Washington. Yeah. Um, so I do like him. Montrez Harrell has been a beast um, pretty much all year. 6,300 on DraftKings. I like that price a lot. He's 7,900 on FanDuel. So I may not go there on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, I definitely like that. Um, Cole Anthony, I think this is a pretty good spot for him to bounce back. He had a pretty porous game last game. Um, 7,500 on FanDuel, 7,700 on DraftKings. Um, but I, I do like Anthony friends, uh, Franz Wagner, as you mentioned earlier, how he's been getting a lot of play as a rookie. I like him. He's 4,800 on DraftKings. That's a really good price for him. And then um, Mo Bamba is actually cheaper than Wendell Carter on DraftKings. That kind of stood out to me. So I like Mo Bamba too. Yeah. I mean, I sort of like this game. I don't, I don't know, uh, Josh, I mean, 204 total scary, but you know, with Beal being out, I think Dinwiddie and Kuzma are both fine plays. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I can get to a 6'5 Dinwiddie and a 6'4 Kuzma very easily because where does all that usage go? Yeah. I know that, you know, Harrell's been fantastic off the bench, and he's an option at 6'3". Certainly don't want three Wizards, but I don't think two of those three guys are out of the question. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Gafford's still taking minutes and starting from Harrell, so that makes me a little nervous. But after that, I mean, you know, Aaron Holiday, Raul Neto, Denny Avdia, you know, Pope, those guys are not really DFS, <clears throat> you know, numbers crunchers. But so yeah. it comes down to, I think, a lot of that usage, you know, floating strictly to Dinwiddie, Kuzma, and Harrell. So I'm interested in all three of those guys. On the Orlando side, 
I like this matchup for Cole Anthony at 7-7. That dude has smashed for me all year. I've been I've had him since the beginning. And mm-hmm. he's consistent. He did have a little bit of a stumble up the last game, but I think he improves on that. And really the target guy that I like on this side of the ball is Wendell Carter Jr. He's he is 6-8, but he's getting the big minutes. I like this matchup. I think Gafford will be, you know, more consumed with with Bomba, and I think the game opens up for Carter because he's mm-hmm. really a, a five playing a four spot, sure. vice versa. And I don't really like the matchups that they're going to have to try to guard him with Kuzma or Avdia or Kispert or somebody off mm-hmm. the bench. So yeah, yeah, I think you know this could be three of my guys coming out of a two hundred four total game, mm-hmm. which feels weird, but. I just like the matchup. Yeah, could give us an edge for sure. Definitely. All right, next one, 730 game. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Toronto Raptors. Uh, Toronto favored by eight and a half. So you got that blowout potential. Detroit really stinks, man. Mm-hmm. And you've got a low total of 202. How about this Pistons implied total? 96.75. I mm. I, that's rough. I think our... Uh, our internal team here at Coach Talk uh, would have an implied total around that because we know Andrew Hansen would pop in about forty, and I yeah. know you know we'll we'll stick uh, Tyler down there in the post a couple jump hooks. Man, we could beat that number ourselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, to the Raptors one hundred five point two five, which isn't exactly terrific, but not, you know respectable on a slate like this where there's so many low numbers. Um, the, on top of everything else, Detroit's on a second night of a back-to-back and Toronto's on an Island game. So man, this game scares me as far as blowout, which definitely scares me as far as DFS, uh, cause this low of a total, if it blows out at all and you lose even one shift of minutes, it makes it tough. Um, you've got a lot of, uh, you've only got Kelly Olenek who's out for quite some time for Detroit. And then um, for Toronto, Watanabe is probable, but you have uh, two bigs, Achua and Birch, questionable for Toronto. Mm-hmm. So that makes the key. If those guys don't play, you're going to see, you know, a lot of guys uh, playing Boucher, even though he's probably not going to start. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, people have to realize, you know, they were looking at this situation completely different. But now that Siakam's back, They've been playing him at the five a lot uh, as well. So uh, definitely some potential in this game, but it has to stay close. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're 19th and 28th in pace. That doesn't make you feel any good. 30th and 18th in offensive efficiency, not good. 17th and 11th in defensive efficiency. So Toronto's starting to play a little bit uh, better defense, but – I don't know. I, I want to almost look away from this game and pretend it's not on the slate because mm-hmm. of that potential blowout. What are you looking at? Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. If it does stay close, um, I do like Jeremy Grant at 7-1. He's the one play on Detroit that I really like. I don't really like anyone else on their team in this game. Um, and I like Gary Trent on DraftKings. He's 5300 That's a good price for him. And then, as you mentioned, with Achua and, and Birch questionable at 3,500, I mean, we don't need very much at all from Boucher. We can use him even as just a blocker, like we mentioned all the time. Right. Um, so that that 
you know, not a lot here um, for me, but those would be the two that I, I think I would prefer the most would be uh, Trent and then Boucher. And then on the Detroit side, Jeremy Grant, if it does stay close. Yeah. And this is a fast one for me. I'm just, I don't like anybody on the Detroit side. I, I fear the, the blowouts. I don't want the big price guys like Van Vliet or Siakam. Right. You know, the, the, the only guy I think that's real value here is, is what you pointed out. Gary Trent Jr.'s price just hasn't gone up and mm -hmm. he keeps playing really good ball. So 5.3 yeah. is very fair. And then again, I'm with you. I think if Achu and Birch are out, even though Siakam's going to start at center, you're going to probably get 25 to 30 minutes from Boucher if both of those other centers are out. Mm -hmm. And at that price, you know, again, like you said, as a blocker, as the free square, you know, we know that he can get 35 DFS points with his eyes closed. So, yeah. you know, but if either one of those guys are in, I'm not going to play him because I don't think Nurse really trusts him. You notice mm -hmm. he... He, you know, in clutch situations, I mean, and he does do a lot of weird stuff. He turns it over and makes some bad decisions. He's still raw, even though he's had a couple of years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just his physical ability and length is just hard to pass up at that price in a game where they'd be shorthanded at the bigs. Mm hmm. All right, before we get to these uh, last two games, the, the, uh, there's an 8 o'clock, and then this Minnesota Clippers game is going to sit alone at 10.30, two and a half hours later than any other start on the board. So that's going to be one a lot of people are going to want to hear about because mm -hmm. I'm sure they'll be playing some solo stuff. But we would ask you real quickly, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, the subscribe button, and a little uh, bell in the top there that will alert you when any of our 11 podcasts per week post. We have seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts in front of the paywall, as well as uh, three NFL that break down everything. And we also have a uh, uh, golf that posts every Wednesday for the tournament. And uh, so we'd love for you to uh, check those out. Uh, if you're listening audio-wise, please hit the five stars. Give us a little comment. Uh, anybody that does that gets in a drawing for a free membership uh, at the end of each month. And then if you want to join us, check us out. I mean, you, you can't beat it. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you get the three-day pass for $10. You just go to DFSCoachTalk.com. If you do that, you get all our lineups tonight in basketball. You get all of our football tomorrow and then Monday night football and more NBA on Monday. So uh, we would love to have you join us. DFSCoachTalk.com. All right. Last two Boston Celtics, Cleveland Cavaliers, <clears throat> Boston minus two and a half. Another little tiny total of 203.5, 103 implied for Boston, 100.5 implied for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Records for this game, I bet you you wouldn't have thought at this point in the season, you know, 13 games in or so, you know, uh, you'd have the Cavaliers with a better record than Boston. They are an incredible eight and five. They've been the most fun team to watch them win games. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure how they're doing it. Boston is six and six injuries. Uh, you have uh, Jalen Brown out, Thomas out, Cleveland uh, you've got Kevin Love, Markinen, Stevenson, and Stevens and Sexton uh, looking like they're going to be out. May have the possibility of Markinen 
uh, sliding into that questionable uh, role. So we need to follow that a little bit closer uh, as uh, time comes. Um, as far as statistically, let's take a look at uh, Boston on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, Cleveland on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So that could affect rotations a bit, so something mm -hmm. to be aware of. And you've got two slow teams here, uh, Josh. They're 27th and 26th in pace, and neither team is offensively efficient either. They're 21st and 20th. So you wonder how these teams have won six and eight games uh, with those uh, poor offensive efficiency uh, statistics. But defensively, they're getting it done. Boston's back up to 12th, and mm -hmm. that's without Jalen Brown's excellent perimeter defense. And Cleveland's eighth. Cleveland yeah. hasn't been in the top 10 in defense since the LeBron first go-around yeah. time. So uh, interesting game here. Not one that has me very excited. Do you have anything jumping out at you? Uh, Marcus Smart, 5,200 on DraftKings. I definitely feel like that's a good price for him. Um, you know, Robert Williams has been outperforming Al Horford lately, so I could go there. And, um, you know, Ricky Rubio, it seems like no matter he comes off the bench, it doesn't seem to matter. He just keeps putting up good numbers. So I like him. And Evan Mobley would be my other play. But like you said, not – not my favorite game on the slate. Um, maybe one guy from each team at the most. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I just, you know, Garland, who I like better, you know, I've liked better than Rubio, and Rubio's outplayed him like 28 games in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess at some point, I did roster Rubio, so mm -hmm. I, I can't say that I totally snuck away, but I don't know. At 6'9", six, uh, six, Garland's going to get smart defense, and Rubio, I mean – can he get 40 or 50 fantasy points like every single – I mean, I don't – No, probably it. not. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. So, I don't know. I'm just probably not going to go there. I, You know, you've got Okoro back in the mix. He hadn't been playing. You know, we're, we're not completely sure if Markkinen's going to play or not. So, this this game just is scary. And both on back-to-back, -back, so you know they're going to yeah. rotate more. Tatum's so expensive. Schroeder had a monster game at 6-3. He's probably the guy that I'd have a, a smidgen of interest in just because he's playing well mm -hmm. in the backcourt for Cleveland. It's just not good defensively. But I could very easily come out of this game with Zilcho. Yeah, I could see it for sure. All right, let's wrap this card up, man. This late night hammer game. Uh, how much exposure do you need in the late night game is the question. Clippers? Mm -hmm versus the Timberwolves. Clippers are six and a half point favorites at home. Implied total 107 and a half for Minnesota, 114 uh, for the Clippers. Uh, Minnesota is four and seven. Clippers are seven and four. No injuries for Minnesota, which is pretty amazing in the NBA these days. Some guy by the name of Kawhi Leonard and then Morris and Preston are all out. Who did... Uh, which Morris, now I'm forgetting, which Morris did uh, Joker snap his spine? Markeith. Oh, okay, Markeith. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. So, anyway, I, I wouldn't want – I'll be interested to see when the other twin gets yeah. played against Joker. You know, those guys are tight. So, mm -hmm. if you ever want to read a really good story, check out uh, the twin. They're amazing two guys. They have the same oh, yeah, bank account. You know that? Yeah. that? They have the same bank account? They do. They share a bank account. They're that oh, tight. Yeah. 
They have all owned stuff together. It's really wild. But anyway, good story to look into. You can check out. ESPN has some good stuff on that, too. Anyway, uh, totally off subject there. So uh, Kawhi Moore's Preston out for them. So we go back to the statistical look in this late game. Minnesota is also out, right? Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is also out. Serge is uh, – I don't have Serge listed here as out. So let's keep an eye on that. I think he may be out though. So I don't think he's going to have much effect either way because he only. Yeah, I don't know if he is either. I just saw he was listed as out, so I wanted to mention that. Good. Let's let's put him on the list then. Um, We've got a second night of a back-to-back for Minnesota and the first night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, so that affects things a bit. We do have two fast-paced teams. Why? That's why we have this big two twenty-one and a half. Mm-hmm. Over under Minnesota ninth and the Clippers eighth. So there's there's going to be extra possessions to be had. Neither team has really <clears throat> done a great job uh, offensively as far as the efficiency standpoint. 25th for Minnesota, which is really surprising with Russell Edwards, Cat, and all these offensive guys. They're just not getting any support from an uh, uh, efficiency standpoint from guys like Beverly and Vanderbilt and McDaniels and Reed and all these guys that come off the bench. Mm-hmm. So they still need to pull it together. Clippers at 16th, middle of the pack, to be expected without Kawhi. Uh, George has certainly carried a lot of that load. But the defense is decent here. Minnesota 15th, in the middle of the pack, which is respectable. Yeah. Clippers, even without Kawhi, are second in the league defensively. Mm. So – Mixed messages here. Good pace, tough D, you know, good players, uh, nice total. How, where does this game settle for you? Um, you know, I, I'm trying to figure that out kind of as we go here. I'm thinking, you know, Patrick Beverly just strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to get hyped up to go back to L.A. He, he, he seems like the guy that I would. Felt for that. <laughs> I felt for that the other day. Okay. Did you know that they played each other the other day and I fell for that exact thing and he buried me. Mm. We had like 11 fantasy points. Well, maybe he'll bounce back this time. We'll see. But um, Anthony Edwards, you know, he had probably one of his best games of his career a couple nights ago against Golden State and then just laid a complete egg last night against the Lakers. I don't – was it Avery Bradley defense? Is that what got him or what happened? It did. Yeah, it absolutely did. And Edwards is one of those guys, man. He's he's all or nothing a lot of times. As good as he is, he's he's scary play at times. He can down for you or he can kill you because he's not cheap. Yeah. And then, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, you could look at him – um, he's pretty expensive, 10-5 on DraftKings. That's that's a pretty hefty price to pay there. Um, even though he's going to be going up against Beverly, I do like Eric Bledsoe at only 4-9 with the production that he's been getting. I feel like he can hit value pretty well there. And then Nicholas Batum, you know, he's just been so consistent. He's only 5,400 on DraftKings. He doesn't get very much ownership hardly ever. Um, probably just because of his age and just not a big name, but he's just been very consistent. So I do like Batum. And then with George, I'm thinking that I'm going to fade him. He's got four straight games below 50 fantasy points, and I just don't see him paying off that price. Yeah, you know, 10-6 is an awful lot. I think I'm going to pay up elsewhere as well. Uh, You know, when you're talking about 50 fantasy points, and and that's where he needs to get to and hasn't been recently – 
that mm-hmm. doesn't even get them to uh, value here. Yeah. So it makes it very tough. Um, I think Beverly will guard Reggie Jackson personally. And okay. so I think you may be on to something with 4-9 Bledsoe. Um, and on the other side of the ball, D'Angelo Russell at 7K. But, you know, it's it was – I think that he's the kind of guy that can, can have a, a breakout game here. Uh, and I think his price is fair. Um, he has, he's been inconsistent though. There are games where he has stung me. Um, and so his, you know, if his shots on, he's, he's a decent play and he gets in the flow, but when he misses some shots, he, he, you know, takes a step back and doesn't get it done. So not a plug and play by any stretch, but I do like that price, you know, for the upside Edwards, you know, he's going to probably get Paul George D so that enough said right there at eight, four. Uh, you know, especially coming on a back-to-back after he obviously extended himself the game before that with mm-hmm. his career 40-point whatever game it was. You know, Cat's the guy that I'm I'm really vacillating on here. You know, he's 10-5, which is expensive. But, you know, you there's enough value on this slate where you can yeah. buy up. Like last night, I was really proud of, of my breakout because the two guys I wanted – as the buy-ups were Harden and the Joker. Now people would mm. say, yeah, oh, that's easy. Well, no, there were a ton of pay-up guys. Yeah. And they, neither one of those guys were very well owned. Harden was lower than normal and the Joker was 8%. Wow. People just didn't buy up for him. So that's what got me to the winner's circle mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, really identifying those two pay-up guys. So a lot of people think, you know, this guy, that guy, here's my pay up now that it's going to be won or lost with these guys in the middle of the pack that are going to, you know, uh, try to fit in for value. But you got to pick the right, you know, pay up guys. To me, that's really where it begins and ends. And then you have to fill in uh, from there. So for me, you know, I, I really do like Cat um, in this matchup. He didn't do as well last time as I think he should have. Um, but you know, I think this is the kind of fit <clears throat> where you can get enough value on the rest of the slate to make that work. So yeah, he's he's a guy I'm most interested in in this game. Um, I do want to mention Terrence Mann off the bench for the Clippers because he's getting 30 minutes a game. He's only 5K. He's mm. another guy that's boomer bust, though. I mean, yeah. I've won with him and lost with him, so a little more risk there. But at 5K, you know, you don't want to go with him and Bledsoe. But if you go with 4-9 Bledsoe, then you don't play man or vice versa, expecting man to come in and play more for Bledsoe. Um, And, you know, like I say, after that, though, there's just some overpriced guys here, mid-level that I just don't think are going to get there. Yeah, I agree. All right, dude, let's dive into this fan duel Two brains are better than one, although our two brains may be only equal up to one and a half. But we're going to take the one and a half brains are better than one. How's that? It sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. How about Carl Anthony Towns? Right off the bat, bang, we just talked about him. He's our center. Okay. We are going to get some value I'm going to go back all the way up to point guard and I'm going to go with 5,700 Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. He's been hot. Go with the hot 
guys is what they say in the old school. How about um, how about we shift gears? And I think I'd like to take another crack with this guy, even though he's done me good, he's done me bad. I'm gonna go Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay. I like it, especially with Beal out. Yeah. And right along those lines, I'm going to take Kyle Kuzma. Well, that's who I was going to take next for our little Wizards duo. I like that one-two punch. So very good selection. Um, okay, now, you know, I always spend more of the money, unfortunately, for some reason. <laughs> and then you have to scramble for the value, guys. Yeah, it's okay. You know, I know you're not probably going to love this pick, but I'm, you know, to balance out that Washington side, I'm going with my man. He's he's come through for me all year. 7,500 is a lot, but I'm taking mm -hmm. Cole Anthony. All right. I'm going to save us some money. I'm going to go down back to Boucher, um, 4,900. Okay. That gives me a heart attack. Now, we may change this. If Let's say both Gafford – or not Gafford, Achua and, and – uh, yeah, let's say they're both in. We may have to make a change here. Just, but we'll post it on on uh, Twitter if mm -hmm. we do. But I, I I like the risk. I think there's a lot of risk reward. He, you know, that's it. And this is a GPP lineup. That's what we're yeah. supposed to do here. You know, bust or no bust. All right, so we've got sixty four sixty seven per person. Oh man, I hate to do this to you, but we're gonna actually have four starting point guards on our lineup. I'm going back to Tyrese Maxey. Okay. So that gets us a 56-50 for our last two spots. We can make that work. Yeah, I I, I can figure this out here. Um, I'll, I'll find value for us as well. I see some in both in the small forward spot. No problem. Yeah, I'll take Andrew's guy. Garrett Temple. Yeah. That's one. He's that's one of his uh he's their agent, Garrett Temple's uh, one of his players. How much is he? 41. Yeah, that's that's awfully cheap for a guy that's been getting the minutes that he's getting. Okay, that leaves me with a wonderful 7,200. That's a ton of cash. And what does it look like a power forward at that number? Uh Boom. I mean, it, that makes it so, so simple. It's just auto. Scotty Barnes, thank you. So that yeah. gives us Schroeder, Dinwiddie, Anthony, Maxi, Kuzma, Temple, Boucher, Barnes, and Cat. There we yeah. go, buddy. Locked it in. I just entered it in the 555 or whatever that one is. Yeah, that's that mid-level build we've been talking about right there. It is. Real cats are only buy up guy and then everybody else. We didn't have to go to the bottom of the barrel with anybody. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, Temple with the minutes he's getting and Boucher, if those guys sit, should be pretty safe and everybody else is going to get big minutes. Mm -hmm. All right, my man, that is it. I always love this Saturday show. It's a blast. Uh, we've done it in 51 and a half minutes. It's not bad considering we had that 96-minute one where everybody was hollering at us <laughs> going too long. But yeah, we got it in, man. We got it done. 
So we will get this up and posted for everybody. If you have any questions, uh, you know, shoot us a, a question right here in YouTube if you're watching there, or you can uh, check us out on Twitter. We're at DFS Coach Talk. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And Crash is at J. Go ahead. And I don't want to screw it up. Go ahead. J.P. Davis, 1982. I knew that's what it was, but I didn't want. I did. I've messed it so many times. I didn't want yeah. to. So that is it. Yeah. Let us know if you have any questions. You, you want to have us look at a build, whatever. We'll be working on these lineups all day. But uh, DFSCoachTalk.com, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, any final words, Crash, on this beautiful Saturday? Um, let me see. Did I stump you? A little bit. Um, still still kind of going back and forth between football and baseball, or not baseball, but basketball in my mind now after last night and this morning. So yeah. um, I kind of wanted to make a bold prediction, but I don't know what it would be. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what? give us a little uh, – as before we click off here for football uh, tomorrow, any big hot takes so far? Um, and it can't guess. be a Packer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to think for a second who's even playing tomorrow now. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, we we got you. The crack reporter here, we got you stumped. Yeah. There's got to be somebody in basketball to football just like that. So trying to, I know. I figured somebody on football's gotten your attention this week. Yeah. Um, I like the Titans' defense. I will say that. Okay. Very impressive to me lately. You know, I've noticed winning lineups that are taking stuff down. You've got to have the uh, the, one of the better defenses or the next defense. Yeah. that is an underrated thing that people don't discuss very much. So yeah. there you go. You got a basketball NBA breakdown, and now you got your key to tomorrow with a Titans defense. So uh, all in one mix. Yeah. But, uh, but thanks for joining me this morning, uh, Josh. And, uh, and thank you, listeners out there. Members, check us out. We give out uh, a great coach's clipboard that Josh will be preparing for NBA tonight on DraftKings. And then we'll have full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, both uh, cash and GPP. The two brains or one and a half brains are better than one. Uh, it will be the GPP lineup. And stay tuned to us on Twitter or if you're a member in Discord, if we have any changes in that lineup. So thank you again. Enjoy your wonderful Saturday. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have podcasts out for both the NBA Uh, and the NFL. So join us then. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.